Hey, hello, everyone. William Hemsworth here. Today, we're going to go over the mass readings for January 22nd, 2023. Some great readings. I love scripture, so all the readings are going to be good, right? But today's readings, I think we can take a lot from. So our first reading today is from Isaiah chapter 8, verses 23 through 9, verse 3. Let's go ahead and read those. And the one who is in despair shall be perplexed, but only for a time. Do this first and do it quickly, O country of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea and the rest dwelling along the sea coast and parts of Judea and the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, a people who walk in darkness, behold a great light and you who dwell in the country of the shadow of death upon you, a light will shine. The multitude of the people whom you brought down in your joy, they shall also rejoice in your presence as those who rejoice in harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoils. For the yoke lying upon them and the rod upon their neck is taken away. For the Lord broke the rod of the extractors as in the day of Midian. So at first, let's talk about this day of Midian here. That's in chapter 9, verse 3 that I just read. So the day of, day of Midian refers to the defeat of the Midianites by Gideon and his men, and they didn't use weapons. And you can read all about this in Judges chapter 7. Now, these men that Isaiah is talking about here prefigure the apostles. And so the apostles, they spread the gospel throughout the world with weapons of peace. And they preach the cross. They preach Christ crucified. And it's through Christ crucified that that yoke, the yoke of sin is removed. And if you've never seen a yoke on an oxen, look it up on Google. Google it sometime. And you'll see it's this heavy weight that's on the oxen. And it helps, it helps them like plow the fields. So they're going along. It's heavy. It's heavy. That's what sin does to us. Sin is this heavy burden on us. That's why the sacrament of reconciliation is so important. Ask anyone who's ever gone through the sacrament. Nobody takes it seriously. They come out feeling lighter more joyful, like a burden has been removed. Sin is that burden. And we try to hide it all day long. We try to hide it all we want. But it weighs, it weighs us down. Jesus has come. He died for our sin. To forgive us of that sin. To lift that yoke upon us. So if there's something you're holding on to today, ask forgiveness for it. Let Jesus take it. Today's second reading, my friends, comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 13 and verse 17. And if you've never read the book of 1 Corinthians, you need to read it. There's a lot of great stuff in there. And it's kind of a wild book. The Church of Corinth has some big time issues going on. I mean, you could read about all about it. You could read all about a stepson um, having relations with his stepmom, like all kinds of crazy stuff. And Paul. In today's reading, he really does get to the point. So let's go ahead and start it off. So again, chapter 1, verses 10 through 13 and verse 17. Paul writes, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same 
judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Let's go to verse 17. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. So here for the first time, St. Paul rebukes the Corinthians. He's pleading with them in the name of our Lord Jesus to put away divisions and to maintain the unity of the church. I think we could take some um, hints, if you will, for what we see today. Just go on Twitter sometime. Let's talk about Chloe for a second in verse 11. Chloe was a very prominent, Chloe was a prominent woman in the Corinthian church. She allowed the Corinthian church to meet in her home. Remember, this is before the days of our parishes, our cathedrals, and everything else. This was before all that. So Chloe what um, was a woman, allowed the church, allowed the Corinthian church to hold mass in her home. And she saw these contentions, all these issues, and she had concerns. So she wrote to St. Paul about them. And we get this first letter from the Corinthians to the Corinthians as a result of that letter. There's a figure here mentioned in verse 12, Apollos. Let's talk about Apollos for a moment. Apollos doesn't get enough love. That's just my opinion. So Apollos was a learned Jew from Alexandria, Egypt. And in the book of Acts in chapter 18, we read that he was mighty in the scriptures. And he was originally, also from Acts chapter 18, he was originally a follower of the baptism of John. So he followed John the Baptist, and now he's a follower of Jesus. So he was taught about Christ by Priscilla and Aquila in Ephesus. So he has this connection not only to the Corinthian church, but to the church of the Ephesians where St. John was going, where he was living, where he was doing his thing, where he was spreading the gospel of our Lord, where he was, you know, holding, having Eucharist. I mean, it's all these awesome connections, right? So tradition tells us that Apollos would eventually become the first bishop of Crete. And we could see a little bit about that in Titus chapter 3. And Paul makes it plain that he and Apollos, Apollos is like his partner in, his, in Paul's work. And that Apollos would also not approve of this, these fractions, these divisions that were going on. So Paul's very deliberate. Are you of, some are saying you're of Apollos, you're of Paul, you're of Cephas. No. No. Paul wasn't crucified for you. Apollos wasn't crucified for you. Peter was not, or Cephas, was not crucified for you. Our Lord Jesus Christ was crucified for you. Just like today, we have all these, I mean, let's be honest. As Catholics, there's some divisions in the church. Conservative Catholic, rad trads versus liberals, etc., etc., etc. And don't get me wrong, there's some debate on some of the issues that are happening. But are they, from an evangelistic standpoint, are those public divisions, 
Are those are those good divisions? No, no divisions are good. We need to be at one mind. We need to spread the gospel. And I think sometimes people are so caught up in their positions and their need to be right that they forget that gospel message that Paul was communicating to the Corinthians here. Let no divisions be among you. Let your message be the same. So let's jump to Matthew's gospel. Today's gospel comes from Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 23. It says, Now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother in the boat with Zebedee their father mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Well, amen. So let's go back to the beginning of this passage. We're, we're greeted with what we read in Isaiah's passage today. You know, the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali. But there's this Slight, there's this saying in here called Galilee of the Gentiles, which I didn't cover intentionally. Galilee of the Gentiles. This indicates that there are many non-Jews that lived in the region. So there was a mixed population. So there was Gentiles, there was Jews, there was a mixed population living in Galilee at the time. And so because of that, because there were Jewish people living, there were non-Jews living there, it was not considered a genuinely Jewish land. And even though many Gentile residents converted to Judaism during the Maccabean period, just read for a second Maccabees, y'all. If you haven't, do it. Do yourself a favor. So many of the Jews there had been influenced by Greek culture and customs. And so they were generally considered second-class citizens by the Jews in Judea. And the fact that Jesus did so much ministry in Galilee is very important here. So it's very important because Jesus didn't come just for the Jews. He came for the Gentiles as well. And thank God, because you, uh, I know I'm a Gentile. I don't know about you watching this. Chances are you may be one. Verse 16 talks about this darkness. All right, the people who sat in darkness. Darkness means ungodliness. And so here it represents the Gentiles. The Gentiles' unawareness of God and the Jews being under the shadow of the Old Covenant. And so to sit in darkness means to be overcome by spiritual ignorance. And so the great light that this passage is talking about is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And then we read the story of how of the, the calling, if you will, of the first disciples. 
And so the first disciples already heard about the pre they've already heard the preaching of John the Baptist. And so some of them, actually probably all these guys here, were very familiar with John's message that the Messiah is coming. And so they were prepared to accept Christ and follow him immediately. And I always love this passage. Jesus says, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets, and they followed him. They left their business. They left their families to follow Jesus. And yet so many of us are so afraid to even pray at dinner or to say, God bless you. To give the sign of the cross in public. So let's ask ourselves. Are we truly disciples of Jesus? Now I'm not saying this to be negative. But this is something that we should be asking ourselves every day. Because every day we need to respond to the grace of our Lord. To do those things that he wants us to do. Now that doesn't mean we're not going to mess up. I mean Jesus says in this gospel repent. Because we are sinners. We are going to sin. But every day we could repent. Every day we could follow. Every day we could rely on his grace, ask his help to do his will. That, my friends, is being a disciple. It's not just living the life and not having our hearts changed. No, that's what the Pharisees did. No, our hearts are changed we rely on that grace. We respond to that grace. And because of that, our lives show it. That is a disciple. So let's be disciples. All right, God bless you. Enjoy these readings today. Study them. God bless.